news from Pastor Andy and Sister Desra back in the States. They wish they could be here with you this morning on this wonderful day when the carpet is in the church and everything is looking so good. Congratulations. Well done. Pastor Joel, thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks to everyone who has made this possible. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? I want to read the Word of God. I want to read Psalm 121. God is good indeed, isn't he? This is a beautiful song of ascent. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Hallelujah. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He watches over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord to you today. Father, awaken this word in our hearts. Speak to us deeply, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I said, this is a song of a sense. This was a song that the Israelites would sing as they journeyed back to Jerusalem, sometimes as they came back from captivity, other times just to go and offer their worship there in Jerusalem. It was a song of a traveler. And, and, and in a real sense, this is a, an analogy or a metaphor for life. It's a traveler song, a Christian song that we sing as we travel life's journey. Life is real. The way was dangerous. The path was steep. The road was tiresome. There were dangers and bad things along the way. But it was a direction that they kept. It was a journey towards the kingdom of God in a metaphorical sense. And as one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, calls it, it was a long obedience in the same direction. Now this psalm is divided up into two themes. One theme is looking up and anticipation of what God is going to do. This would be verses 1 and 2. And then verses 3 through 8 really are God is looking out. An assurance of help. So let's, let's look at this psalm quickly this morning. And let's, let's unpack it a bit and apply it to our lives. Why do we need to look up verses 1 and 2? Well, our life along the way, if you're a believer... If you have been alive very long, you understand that we need help. Amen? How do we do this alone? There are several dangers 
on this life's journey. One is, there is a real enemy out there, right? There is a devil, and he is real. The enemy does not want us to succeed. He does not want this church to succeed. He does not want you to grow in grace. The enemy fights your progress. The smart traveler knows that in order to defeat this enemy, he must look up. He must look to God. From the day you agree to follow Jesus, you understand that you have an enemy. But our flesh, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But it is against that enemy. A good traveler recognizes that and he fights through the power of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, on this road, there are people. Yes, people can be a problem. People can be a challenge. Even good church people, family, people you work with. I work with a lot of missionaries. Missionaries, can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you? Missionaries sometimes are problems. They're people. On this, on this road that we walk, there are people, okay, we get, we fight the devil, yes. But people? No. We don't fight people, but we have to learn to live with people. We have to learn to live in communities of faith, in covenant love and fellowship with one another. And in order to do that, my friends, we must look up to God. God wants us to be free of the burdensome unforgiveness that lives in our hearts many times. C.S. Lewis said this, getting involved with people is dangerous. To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken if you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken because it will become in unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all of the dangers of love is hell. Friends, we have to love one another, don't we? And sometimes I'm not lovable. And so we need the help of God to love one another. Life on this road, as we walk towards the kingdom of God, as we move towards what God has for us, there's loneliness, there's pain and sickness, there's loss of dreams, there's doubt, there's fear, there's the unknown, there's persecution, there's being misunderstood. This is life. There's COVID, there's masks, there's vaccines. A traveler from time to time 
needs help and he must look up. You will come to a time, if you are not there now, when you need help. Your path may be smooth now, but one day you will need help. Isn't this an encouraging message? Oh, this, so far this is really good. Problems, nothing but problems. But wait, there's a second part to this psalm, and it's coming. The smart traveler, the smart traveler looks up the King James Version. This is how I memorize this. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. Oh. There, the, 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 the Israelite that wrote this psalm was contrasting those two different things. The Lord God of Israel, the one true God, and the high places on the mountains. Those places where they did sacrifices. The Baals of the field, the tree druids, the river gods, the Asherah poles where children were sacrificed. And he said, no, that is not where our help comes from. Our help comes from the one true God. As the one who wrote this psalm had said many times, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. He's contrasting these two, these two ways of approaching life, trying to do it ourselves, looking to things that will not satisfy, or looking to Jehovah our God, who can help us, who can deliver us. The one true God versus, versus really dualism. Two, two ways of, of looking at things, an expression of faith. To where many times, many times we try everything before we go to God. We try everything else and then finally when we are at our wit's end, we pray. Finally when there are no other answers, we pray. When a man is at his wit's end, it is not a cowardly thing to pray. It is the only way he can get in touch with reality. That's what Oswald Chambers says, look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. Jesus is Lord. And in the Old Testament where this psalm lived, and as the people who sang this psalm as they walked towards Jerusalem, this was their culture. This was their understanding. The first five books of the Old Testament that we call the Pentateuch. There's, there's some really funny logic in there. One verse is talking about the temple. The next verse is talking about a donkey in a pit. And the following verse is talking about mildew in the kitchen. Why? It doesn't make sense, but it does. It makes sense because it's teaching us that everything about life, everything you face, has everything to do with Jesus. There's nothing that you live life about that has nothing to do with God. Everything you face, God 
wants to be a part of that. That's the reason that we look up. But if we will look up, my friends, God looks out. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, now it's going to get a little better, all right? Now it's God's turn. Hallelujah. Yes, there are problems. But now, this powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing God who is everywhere, all at the same time, he looks out for us. There's nothing you face that he isn't powerful enough today to deal with. There's nothing you are in a quandary about that he doesn't have the answer to. This God looks out for you. In verses 3 through 8, there is a Hebrew word that's used six times. It's the word shamar, which translates to keep or to preserve or to watch over. This is what this great God does for us. Look in verse 3. He says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. Now remember, this person was a traveler. He was traveling along a journey, and on that path, there were obstacles. This is not just a geographical positioning on the road, though. It's a poetic way of saying that God is involved in all of the little details of our lives. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by God. He gives us direction, guidance, and everything is ours. I remember when we first came to Africa, my wife and I, we came to live in Tanga, Tanzania, just, just up the coast here a little ways. We moved to this little fishing village, and, and we were trying to time our, our, our timing there because we had no place to stay, and the container that had been shipped from America all the way from the States, all the way to the Netherlands, to Rotterdam, loaded on another ship, sent over to Tanzania, to a little place called Tanga on the coast. Now, all of that. And the timing of it, who could know? And so my wife and I were praying and we were talking and we knew that if we weren't in Tonga when our container came, when that shipping container arrived, if we weren't there, everything would be taken. Everything would be stolen. We had to be there to get it. And we couldn't go too early because we didn't have a place to stay and everything we had was in that container. And so we prayed. And one morning we felt like it was just really time to go. And so we left. We were living in Nairobi at the time. We left Nairobi. We drove down to Mombasa, south of Mombasa, down the coast, crossed the border into Tanzania. We came to the little fishing village of Tanga. And we spent the night at a little guest house right on the coast, right right next to the port. And the next morning, I knew the name of our ship because the shipper had told me, 
It was a Maersk ship of some kind. I don't remember exactly. But I looked up, sitting on my little porch there, looking out over the harbor, and the ship that was carrying our container pulled into that harbor at that very time. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by God. He will not allow your foot to be moved. If you will pray and seek God and obey God and stay in his word, he will direct your path. Hallelujah. He does not go off duty, verse 4. He doesn't sleep. Now these, these Israelites knew that pagan gods would go to sleep. Pagan gods were fastened after the men who created them. And so they had to sleep. And Elijah, if you remember, mocked them in the Old Testament. And he says, perhaps your God, Baal, is asleep. Waken him. Pagan tribes had to ring bells. And they had to do all sorts of things to waken their God but our God is as close as the whispering of his name, Jesus. And he is with you, and he takes care of you, and he never sleeps, he never slumbers, he never grows tired of watching over you and over your life. I have watched the most loving moms at the end of the day, they're tired and weary with those little children, and they can't wait to put them to bed. Right? But not our God. He never grows tired. He never grows weary. People, yes. But as long as God is on duty, you can rest assured that he's watching over your life, that he's taking care of you, that there's nothing that comes your way that he is not in control of, if you will allow him. When I was a small boy, we lived in Kisumu, Kenya, with my parents, and there was a time when there was a lot of burglaries, and people would break into houses, robbers would break in, and sometimes they hurt people. And I remember being afraid, just as a little boy. And I remember I would go to bed at night, and I would lie in my bed, and I left my door open, and my father's office was across the hall and just down a bit, and his light would be on when he was in his office studying. And I knew that as long as my dad's light was on, I was okay because he was awake, and he was watching, and no one could come as long as my dad was awake. And so I tried to go to sleep before that light went out. God's light never goes out, my friends. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what the struggles you have, God is awake. He's watching. He's looking. He's taking care of you. Verse 5 says he is our keeper, our shade. Jehovah keeps us. We have trouble, yes, but he keeps us in it. He's like a hedge around about us. Do you remember the devil said to God about Job? He said, 
Hast thou not made a hedge around about him and his house and all that he has and on every side? I'm telling you, friends, the enemy cannot get to you, but he comes through what God allows. And if God allows it, there is a good purpose, there is a reason, and rest assured, it is so that you will grow in grace and in faith, and so you can rest assured in faith knowing today that God takes care of you. He is yours. He keeps us. He'll keep us from sin if we let him. Sin crouches at the door. Sin tempts us all. But if we will allow God, he will keep us. He shades us from the heat of life's issues. The intense rays of, the li of life's sun will not burn us. A shade or a shadow refers to a condition resulting when something is interposed between an object and a light. God puts himself between you and the troubles of this world. Think of that. God is your shade. The very God who created the whole universe is your shade today, covering you, making sure that nothing gets to you that he does not allow for. He controls the sun and the moon. Verse 6, the sun and the moon will not smite us. Now, now the, the, the writer here is, is opposing is these two extremes, and he's telling us that, that all of our lives, the totality of what our existence is, God is involved in all of that. 24 hours of our day, of our life, there's nothing that doesn't involve God if we will allow him. Also, the sun representing the heat, the trouble, the burning. But then the moon, on the other hand, represented a different type of trouble, emotional trouble, lunacy. The word lunacy comes from lunar, which is the moon. God even keeps our minds, our emotions, our hearts can be steadfast. My mother, she used to tell me, you just need to pray through. Now, you may not know what that means, but I can tell you. It means when you have a problem, when you have some trouble in your life, when you have a question that you do not have an answer to, when there is a sickness, when there is any type of need in your life that's bigger than you are, you need to find a place to pray. And you need to pray. And you need to wait on God. And you need to read the scriptures and pray those scriptures until you have a release in your spirit. That's what praying through means. And I think many times if people, even good, 
godly people, Christian people, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we would just learn to pray through. Just learn to wait on God until we have an answer. So much of life would be solved, right? Verse 7. He will keep you from all harm and evil. Now this is not saying we will never have trouble. It's not saying that harm will never befall us. What it's saying is he will keep you in it. But he does keep us. We don't even know how many times the angels that watch over us have kept us from harm. We don't even know that many times. I remember one time I was traveling on a road in Tanzania. I had my children in the back. My wife was with me. We were driving down the road at quite a fast rate, maybe 120 kilometers an hour. And I was overtaking this, this big lorry that was going along, just lumbering along. And I, I was overtaking right at a place where there was, there was a little village. And all of the ladies were out on the side of the road. They were selling their, their tomatoes and their onions. And, and it was just a little village market scene. There were children there. There were animals all around. And just as I was overtaking that lorry, the driver turned it and bashed into the, the back of my Land Cruiser. And immediately, I was airborne in the air. I was going this way one moment, another moment I was going this way. You know, when you find yourself in that place in life, where in, in a split second, in an instant, in a moment, something has happened. You know, at that point in time, you don't have time to stop and say, I'm going to call Pastor Joel. I'm going to ask him to pray for me. You don't have time for that. But this God who watches over us, who keeps us, I remember all I could say and think was Jesus. And I said, Jesus. And I'm telling you, our car that was going this way, one moment, knocked by that lorry, was back on the road going straight down the road the next moment. That's impossible scientifically. There was nothing to bring that car back. It was in the air. The steering wouldn't work. The brakes don't work. The way that happened was there was an angel, I believe, a big angel, who took that car and just put it right back on the road. I drove down to the town where I was living, a town called Moshi, and I, I went to see my friend so that he could fix my vehicle because it had been bashed in. And he looked at it and he said, Beggs, he said, Beggs, you, you're a lucky man. His name was Manmohan. I said, Manmohan, I, I'm not a lucky man. I am a man who has a God who watches over. He watches over my children. He watches over my family. And this great God, if you will allow him, will watch over you, will take care of you, will make sure 
that your foot doesn't slip, that your steps are ordered by God. He will keep the heat in the noonday sun away from you. He will keep the craziness from nighttime away from you too. If you will allow this God. This verse also says, in verse 7 here, it says, evil. He will keep evil away from us. Again, again, let me just reiterate, friends. There's a real enemy out there. You know that? There's a real enemy that tries to destroy us. The devil, Peter tells us the devil comes to what? To rob, kill, destroy. But Jesus stands in the way. You know, our lives are not kept by the tricky, whimsical, and fickle ways of fate or luck. You know, I don't even, I don't even like it when believers say, oh, you're lucky, or that was lucky. There's nothing lucky about your life if you're a believer, my friend. Nothing lucky. There's no bad luck. There's no good luck for a Christian. There's only God who watches over us, who allows things to come into our lives or shields us from things, but we know that it's for our good. All of these things work, right? That's what he tells us. It's this God who keeps us from evil, who watches over us. We don't have to be afraid. Oh, my friends, I, I grew up in places in Africa. I don't know what it's like here in Durban. I don't know what it's like where you live. But I'm telling you, I grew up in places where people were afraid of witchcraft. They were afraid. And they would put little amulets on their children. They called them hirizi in, in Swahili. And they would put these things on their little children. And, 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 and they were so afraid I remember when, when people would come and get saved in the church, the first thing we asked them was, do you have any charms from the witch doctors? So many times they would say yes, but we're afraid to take them off because we were told we would die. No, my friends. God watches over us. We don't have to go to the Sengoma. Is that the right word? I ask you to go. Who's, who told me the word? We don't have to worry about those things because this God of ours watches over us and keeps us and fate and luck and black cats and walking under ladders, all of that is foolishness to a Christian because God watches over us. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news, friends? God takes care of us. In verse 8, in verse 8, he does this for our whole lives. Oh, thank God. From the time we are born to the time we lay our heads to rest in Jesus, he watches over us. Again, the writer opposes this coming in and this going out to, to mean the eternity, the, the, the whole length of our lives, and really into eternity. This God watches over us. It's totality. It's now. It's forever. Our hands are not in the hands of the court. 
Our lives are not in human hands of a surgeon with a scalpel or of a, a doctor that's trying to figure out the right type of medication for you, but it's God who watches over our comings and our goings. This great God who takes care of us. Even if we die in some distant place, as David Livingston said, I am immortal until my work is accomplished. Because God was watching over him. He believed that he couldn't even die until God's time for him was finished. That's a powerful thought. God is in our lives, watching, taking care. Hallelujah. God uses a lot of ways to help us. And if you will allow God today to engage your life, he will do so in a way that will help you to overcome those things in your life that are pulling you down and dragging you back. God uses people, godly men and women around you. God uses the systems of the church even. I mentioned praying through earlier. My friends, as Pentecostal people, can I urge you to learn to pray. Learn to pray in the Spirit. Learn to wait on God. Learn to stay on your knees until you have heard from God. God will be found of us. If we look up, we will be finders. Because God is always a keeper. Did you play finders keepers when you were little? We're finders, and God is a keeper. I want you to stand with me one more time, please. The musicians could come. I want you to close your eyes now. And I want you to think about that thing. Maybe that person. Maybe that situation. That seems so impossible to you. But remember, we lift up our eyes and we look to a God who is capable and who is able. Now, I want you to do this, okay? Sometimes if we do just one small action, it helps our faith. I want you to put that thing in your hand, okay? Just, just. Mentally, put it in your hand right here. That thing that you need God to take care of. And then as you pray, just give it to God and release it to him. Will you do that this morning? Let's do it now. Father, in the name of Jesus, these issues of our lives that we cannot solve ourselves, we release them to you, Lord. And we thank you that you are a God who never slumbers or sleeps. You are a God who always watches over us, who's always keeping us, whose keeping power is complete. 
It was keeping power is enough for no matter what we face. Now we thank you for this, Jesus. In your name.